From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Negler, and joining me, as always, is my co-founder here at Cheesehead TV, Mr. Corey Banky. I'm coming to you live from the podcast studio in Midtown Manhattan. Corey joins us live across the street from Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we pray the gold package shows up for Sunday's game against the Chargers, but right now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good, we got Jaden Reed. We got the bad, we got missed tackles. We got the ugly, we got the approach at the end of the first half. Man, that was disappointing. That was ugly. Going in, walking into the dressing the what a locker room, two timeouts in your pocket. That's ugly. That's ugly, Banky. I don't like it. But Andy Herman kind of talked me down about it, so I'm not as upset about it anymore. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Doing good. You know. Here we go. Packers better know. win. This I do weekend. know. Packers <laughs> need to win, win this weekend. I'm so sick of watching the Packers and they lose. It's annoying. No, well, you know, you got it. That's what, what did we talk about. Recalibration, the mindset. Got to get there, bud. Got to get there. Mm, I'm still optimizing. Uh, <laughs> still optimizing. I, I haven't fully well, optimized. That's my problem in life. I haven't fully optimized my normalization. It can be a problem. It can be a problem. We got uh, this back half of the schedule to hopefully get you there. Um, not going to talk about the fact that if they don't win this weekend, I. I think it's going to be a while until they have a chance to even win. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, we don't want to talk like that coming out the gate here at Packer Transplants. That's not how we roll. What we do is we talk about the hotness. Let's get to it. That's right. There were a number of plays this week we could have chose to be included or part of or be the hotness, but uh, I had to go with this one, both for the throw and the catch. Let's roll it here. This is uh, in the uh, red zone. Got Reed in motion coming back across. Watch Jordan Love perfectly placed. Well, look at toe drag swag Hmm. from Romeo Dobbs in the end zone. And this, from the end zone angle, this throw is absurd. You talk about putting it where only your guy can get it. Look at this throw. Are you kidding me? That's just how it's. That's, ladies and gentlemen, that is the hotness. Hmm, who predicted that, it. by the way? Was that was that you? Yeah, I think so. I think I predicted that indeed. play call. Right on watch party. You were right about it. You were uh, fade to Dobbs in the end zone, and lo and behold, fade to Dobbs in the end zone. It's a rarity. Absolutely love them, right? So I just wanted to point that out. Well, no, you got to do it, man. I I hear you. you. Nothing wrong with trumpeting. (laughs) Nothing wrong with trumpeting. You know what that music sounds kind of like? Is um, what's that? What is that? Not the love boat. What is that? The love boat. 
I think, oh, no, Mag, not Magnum P.I., Charlie's Angels, the TV show. Charlie's Angels. When they would go to the breaks between the little transition things. I feel like that's what it sounds like. I like it. I'm down with it. I'm, I mean, it's really a remix of a Barry White song, but, you know, done up in such a way that we won't get any penalized for any, uh, you know, copyright infringement stuff. But I love that track. It's awesome. But, yeah, it's good stuff. It's the hotness. But now we got to talk about Packers news. We've got to eat our vegetables, Corey. Uh, Quay Walker returns to practice. Not a moment Yay. too soon. I loved. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was loving McDuffie for a stretch, but, man, he, his play really fell off against the Steelers. Not a great afternoon for McDuffie. Hopefully Quay is able to get out there against the Chargers, who uh, have a really, really productive offense. So we're going to need every, every man we can get. Um, unfortunately, speaking of which, Jair Alexander still out, not at practice, not practicing. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it, that shoulder injury, clearly not ready to uh, let him have a go. Who knows? Maybe he returns later in the week, though I tend to doubt it. Um, but it sure doesn't start out great this week for Jair Alexander with uh, another practice missed. Uh, and then here's here's news that I know Corey will be interested in. Uh, the Packers have released Innis Gaines, had his three call-ups from uh, the practice squad, then was signed to the 53-man roster for Sunday's game, and then was promptly released. So, I'm not surprised. Is anyone you, surprised, by the way? Thank you, Innis Gaines. No, no one's surprised. Did, did you they ever their hear use out Innis Gaines' called, name called ever? Very rarely. It was rare. So wait, it was rare. Where is he going, though? Where is he going? Nowhere now. He's on the street. He's a free agent. You think anybody will pick him up? I think possibly if someone suffers an injury and needs help on special teams, they'll probably give him a look. But, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be scrambling to pick him up to play him on defense anytime soon. So thank you, Ennis Gaines. We bid you adieu. Thank you for your help. Uh, And on the flip side of this, the Packers literally just announced it. It was reported yesterday, uh, but the Packers made it official a little bit before we went live. They have claimed cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly off of waivers from Seattle, a former fifth-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. He did not make it through training camp with the Ravens and then was claimed off waivers by Seattle, who waived him a couple days ago, and the Packers have claimed him. And I will say, I really like this kid, uh, rookie out of Stanford. He had a really nice senior bowl, and that was kind of the last time I even thought about him after the senior bowl and then get to the draft. You know, if you're not drafted by the Packers, I don't really care. But he's got talent, and I'm fascinated to see how quickly they can coach him up and get him on the field because, um, you know, look, they, they've got a lot of young guys in the secondary. Jair's not back yet. You got uh, Stokes probably, you know, a week or two away yet from even being able to practice. So, hey, we need all the talent we can get in the secondary. And like I said, he's intriguing. So we'll see. We'll see. You got to think if nothing else, he'll help out on special teams sooner rather than later. Um, and then to take uh, the open spot on the practice squad, Austin Ayeki, whose name I can't pronounce, a linebacker, has been signed to the practice squad. I usually, you know, don't make a whole big deal out of it, but it is a practice squad signing. And I know Corey wants this to be exhaustive when it comes to the practice squad and make sure that everybody's oh, up to Oh, sorry, I was falling asleep because we were talking squad. about who's acting <laughs> in the practice squad. No one cares. There it is. There no it is. There it is. No one cares. You know, had to be you done. know. You know, I actually care about the practice squad even less than I normally care about the practice squad uh, when we're losing. So there you go. Oh, when we're losing. Got it. So when we're winning, 
you tolerate talk about the practice squad. No. When we're losing, you truly don't give a shit about the practice squad. No, no. It's more, like, it's more like when we're winning, I barely tolerate. And when we're losing, right. I just get annoyed, extremely annoyed. Annoy- <laughs> got it. Got <sighs> yeah. it. Okay. Understandable. Understandable. Um, let's talk about the offense, shall we? Something you hopefully won't get annoyed about. Because they had a pretty decent day. They did. I thought they had a pretty decent day in, in, they did. in Pittsburgh. They did. They did. It's really true. Starting to, okay. st- starting to hit their stride a little bit. I mean, that's still not lights out. Still not putting up 30 points, etc. But still haven't got a quarterback up to 300 yards passing yet. But a decent day from the offense. And I think a big part of it is uh, we talked about Jaden Reed and the good, bad, and the ugly. But um, Luke Musgrave, too, is becoming a real weapon. Becoming a real set of weapons here with Reed and Musgrave. Two rookies who are really starting to hit their stride. You think, you hope, you know, I know a lot's been talked about Christian Watson and the frustrations around him and his maybe lack of production, maybe a lack of connection with Jordan Love. I think all of that will come in time. I'm not out on Christian Watson in any way, shape, or form. I think there's a ton of football ahead of him that is going to be positive for the Green Bay Packers. But I will say, I'm not going to be upset if Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, some of these other receivers start getting more opportunities, more snaps on the field in favor of Christian Watson. Right yeah, now. I feel like, I mean, Christian Watson is so disappointing right now, but he's also in a sophomore slump, I feel like. Because, like, I was watching some stuff from last year of him playing, right. and it was so exciting. And I just feel like maybe the game's, like, too fast for him right now, and he's just in a sophomore slump. So I feel like... You know, I feel like he's going to come around, but you, you see this a lot with second-year receivers, especially taking yes, high. exactly. Yes, 100%. And, hell, in Green Bay specifically. Yep. How many guys have we gone through throughout the years who show a bunch of promise their rookie year and then kind of struggle their second year and then come back and have a really nice career? And, look, I'm not saying that's automatically going to happen for Christian Watson, but I certainly am not going to be surprised if it does. And I think, to your point, Corey, yeah, it's weird. You can't really put your finger on it, right? Because there are certainly moments where you see he is open and Jordan just misses him or yeah. moments when there's a chance that maybe a 50-50 opportunity where he just comes up short. But I also think that kind of the lack of maybe a rhythm or connection might be because he did miss so much time early in the year. Maybe that robs him of all the other banked reps that all these other guys have. Timing, stuff that they've done with Jordan over the season that – you know, he's still trying to find his footing and trying to find his way in an offense that is pretty different than when Aaron Rodgers is in the center, where, like you said, he was pretty damn productive once he got healthy. So we'll see. I'm Like I said, I'm in no way, shape, or form and close to coming like to the point where I want to be out on Watson. But, man, these other kids, they're starting to produce. They're starting to be really pretty damn reliable. And if you're in the business of trying to win football games, which the Green Bay Packers are, then you got to start giving these kids a lot more opportunities. And I think that yeah, and I, probably I transpires for the, these next few weeks. The real place that I feel like he's not excelling is blocking, and that can be said for the whole wide receiver team. But, like, oh, my God, did he miss some blocks last weekend? Yeah. Oh, been, they're up and down. They're, the whole lot oh, is up and no. down, right? I mean, hell, we talked about the end of the first half. Romeo Dobbs miss, misses that block, which is why they are yeah. you know lose five yards on the first down. So. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think it's very spotty at best. Well, we the know tight ends, Matt too. Like, it's not just the wide receivers. Guys, but you know? Yeah, the tight ends. Like, no, it's, true. it's like, it's true. guys. And that's not to say that they haven't been any. to be but... good at blocking. Yeah. Well, no, that Musgrave, blockers, had that right. Musgrave had on the, on the release on Dorsey Levin's big 
Dorsey Levens, Lord have mercy Dorsey's. on us all. The old Dorsey on, Levens. On the old Dorsey Levens 40-yard run by A.J. Dillon, who's looking <laughs> like Dillon, Dorsey, Dorsey Levens. Levens. I the mean, he was looking like him. You know what happens is as <laughs> soon as as soon as soon A.J. Dillon can really run screens really well, he will look like uh, uh, Dorsey Levens, to be honest with you. We but still yeah, need to get on him on that, that damn wheel route. Yeah. 100%. Dude, that that running play, I watched uh I watched The Rock talk through that running play on Packers.com. Oh, and uh yeah. if you have a chance, like just watch that. It's so great. It's like it's a it's like a power sweep pull play. I love it when you pull two guys, you know, when you have misdirection and yes. then you pull two guys for blocks, and then it's you know, even though it's a tight end on the run and he actually makes a block, which for the twenty twenty three Green Bay Packers is saying a lot. <laughs> it's so. a rarity. It's rare, you know. You gotta, you gotta take yeah. your take your wins when you can get them. But that was a sick play, and I hope we see more of that. For what's sure. interesting is they ran kind of a similar action earlier in the game, where Runyon gets hit by the off-ball backer and basically it's thrown into Aaron Jones' lap and it blows up the play. But they came back to that action with those two pulling lines, same two pullers actually, and hit on a great that the, the, obviously the big run we saw from AJ. So yeah, I look. Everybody has to step up their game in that regard, consistency wise. Like you've seen flashes and you've seen moments where they can do it. Um, and Christian's no different. Yeah, he has to get a lot more consistent in that regard. Um, speaking of the offensive line, man, you know, it's interesting because we spent so much time at this first part of the year talking about how everybody on the offensive line is taking turns messing up, right? It does feel like over the last couple of weeks, it started to solidify. We've seen plenty of plays where they're not only giving Jordan Love time, but they're opening holes and things of that nature. But it does seem like, man, John Runyon Jr. costs this offense like a handful of times every game. And he certainly did. And that was no different in Pittsburgh. And given how good Sean Ryan looked against the Rams when he got his chance, I just wonder how much more they put up with in that regard. I mean, Aaron Jones on that screenplay walks into the end zone. If Runyon just gets just a touch on the backer, you know, who ends up making the tackle for no law for no gain, you know, you go from touch, what should have been a touchdown to no gain on the play. It's just, those are frustrating moments. The only way you replace a player in this offense or defense is by trading the guy in front of them. So now that the trade deadline has passed, I'm not holding my breath. It's not going to happen. You know, not trade Runyon, is that what you're saying? If we fair could point. trade Runyon, then Sean Ryan will play. That's literally how you get a guy to play in this in this uh in this team. <laughs> yeah. In this town. In this, this town, town of yours. Yeah. This this town of coaches, they will stick with the guy no matter what. It's like, hey, you're our starter and we're not gonna try anybody else unless they're injured. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have I don't have a comeback for that because it you know, all the evidence would suggest you are correct, sir. Well, it's funny because, like, this whole season we've given them the benefit of the doubt all season, right? We're like, oh, the coaches know. Okay, well, they're not trying a guy because there's something we don't know about Sean Ryan. And then they put the guy in, and he's better than the guy he replaced in one game. Then they take the guy Mm -hmm. out, and you're like, wait, bro. Are you seeing the same thing I saw? Wait, bro. Bro, he was better. Like, wait. What happened? And it's I know a small you're not sample to... size. It's a small know, sample size. But I know. But he was better. Like 15 he was better. total plays, seven plays in the one drive. But like, I how many whiffed you. blocks can you accept? Right? What is I your know. What is I your whiffed? What, what is, is the what threshold? Is the, what is the whiffed block acceptance What's the ratio? Whiff threshold. <laughs> uh, I have a seven point four percent ratio acceptance. 
Um, right. You know, because like Runyon, know. oh my god, it's like Josh Myers. Like That's I really a... want to like Josh Myers, and he had a really good game actually, and he had two. He two had a good game, kind of good games. But I had thought he had know, a good game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. the last two you. weeks he's had pretty good games, but you know, it's yeah. still Josh Myers. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. No, it is still Josh Myers. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, when do we get so the coordinators? I think are talking in a few days. When is it? I can't find it. But I would love to ask Steno, like point blank, what what is the threshold? Like, what is a guy? How many blocks does a guy have to miss before you even start to consider benching him? You know, because obviously Zero. they arrived at that point with Rash- they arrived at that point with Rasheed Walker when they put Yash in. Yeah, but then Yash got hurt, and so Rasheed Walker had to go back in. So apparently there's got to be some kind of threshold. I feel like think. Rasheed Walker has more upside than Runyon, though. But what do I know? Oh, I agree. Well, I he's know? younger. He's in his second year. He's barely played. I agree there. And guess what? Rasheed Walker played a pretty damn good game on Sunday. I was shocked how well he played, especially in that environment against a really good outside pass rusher where it's loud as hell. You've got to kind of peek inside the entire game when it comes to passing downs, right? Just because you can't hear the snap count, etc. I thought... Yeah, he played really well against some top flight competition on the road. That's promising, man. That is some promising I mean, I just, stuff from Walker. Uh, my, I'm not saying he's arrived or anything, but it was good. It was a good good showing from him. Oh, so, oh. oh boy. No. What you got? No, it's good. It's good. I'm good. You can hear Everything, me. Things breaking over there? You can hear me? Everything all right? Yeah, all of a sudden, I got you. Went out, but I think it's just my little – It's a, it was yeah. an air gap. So uh, the one thing I wanted to say is – I wonder, okay, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but right. you wonder if in the last two weeks we've started to see a little bit of gelling by the offensive line, just a little, like a little. like. Gel. Eh, and I wonder that's why we, they keep running in over Ryan, right? Because they're just like, we need a gelling to take We're place. We're finally and- – you know, Corey, I think there's something to that. I think you, that, you might be onto something there, right? Because you've waited all year, right? You've waited – through all the mistakes and all of the fire drills, and now finally you're starting to see some cohesion. They're probably sitting there going, well, why would we mess with this now? Yeah, and it's almost like we think you can just plug in a guy, but it's actually like, you know, as we know right. with the offensive line, it's like five guys that really got to work together well. So you almost are like, well, yep. if I can get some gelling together, then maybe, you know, Runyon mm-hmm. isn't as good as Sean Ryan, but Sean Ryan doesn't have the gel aspect. So, you know, there's got to be some of that that probably plays in. And also, like, the exciting part is, is a good point. you know, Rasheed Walker uh, having a good game like that, you kind of hope, like, okay, here's something we can hang our hat on. Here's the feeling you need to have. Here's what you need to go into the yeah. game with. Here's, here's, here's what that all is. Right. And, you know, yeah. I feel like, you know, in the past, like we've been, we've taken for granted our offensive line for the last 30 years. And, you know, we've had years where they haven't been that great, but you know, there's always been every drive where they can give you a five stepper or a three stepper and yeah. like get some consistency right. there. Like, guys, we need this, you know, and, and because mm-hmm. they know what is needed, they can deliver. Right. And and that right. in itself can make a good offensive line where it's like maybe we're not the best offensive line. But, you know, when we need that five step drop, we can well, we, we can work really well to get the block. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's yeah something to that. I, I don't doubt it. I don't just, you know, I think. It's hard when you're, you when you can see repeated mistakes like we saw earlier in the year. But with playing together, gotta think that play that 
feeds into some of the improved play we've seen. I don't think that's the reason, but I think it contributes. I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, the last point on the offensive side, Jordan Love, he keeps showing progress, man. And I, I hate that, you know, those those two interceptions towards the end of the game really color his performance poorly in Pittsburgh, whereas I thought that was his yeah. finest performance to date. You know what I mean? Like, And I think a big part of that is because the offensive line performed well and he really was allowed time to go through progressions yep. and get the ball out in rhythm. And the receivers obviously made plays for him. You know, outside of that one to to Watson that ended up in the tip drill interception, but man, that's that's a quarterback looking much more comfortable than he was, say, even four games ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know naysayers, the cynics, they'll they're going to poke holes in every single aspect of his game. Which, hey, that's their right. I get it. But man, as someone who really hopes Jordan Love succeeds, Sunday was a real promising step, and I'm excited to see him. Now come back against the Chargers on Sunday in Lambeau, hopefully in friendlier confines, right? And can pick up where he left off because he was in command of the offense in a way I haven't seen all season long. And that's exciting. Well, I and like I, I agree with that. I think that part of the optimizing our normalization and resetting what we mm-hmm. have to do is we have been right. spoiled by a quarterback who was superhuman when it came to interceptions. There has never been, nor will there Correct. probably ever be, yeah. a quarterback like we have seen with Aaron Rodgers when it comes to intercepting the ball. The reality in the NFL right. is that every great quarterback, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, uh, Tom Brady, they all threw interceptions at worst possible moments, and that was just part of their game. And that's just what it is when you, you take the certain risks that you take. So – it is hard to have those happen, but at the same time, I, I think we got to reset and really understand that that's, you know, we're going to have to overcome an interception here and there, um, you know, ideally not more than one, yep. but, yep. you know, it's just Agreed. that's the nature Agreed. of football as it exists, and we have lived in a world that what did it, didn't, we do we didn't live in that world. We lived in a fairy world for a little while, and now we got to come back. <laughs> right. we got to come back in we reality. we got to come back to of, Earth. <laughs> you know, the NFL. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I mean, that's how the Packers have won so many games over the course of Rodgers' tenure. You know, you win the turnover battle. Well, it's real easy to win the turnover battle when you're not giving the ball away via interception, which the Packers rarely did when Rodgers was under center. It's very, very true. Uh, Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, man, okay, we'll talk about a lot of different aspects when it comes to the defense, but just starting with up front on some of these plays, man, what a mess. Ben Fennell put this together. I want to show this real quick. Watch the defensive tackles, like, basically kind of slant on some of these run plays. And obviously the backer is supposed to kind of come flying over and kind of replace where into the gap, so to speak. Just roll this because it's so disheartening. Look at – you got Kenny contributing. Going one way, back, huge. Now we got taking yourself out of a gap. Somebody's supposed to fill. It looks like Campbell there. Nobody's there. Huge gain. Touchdown. Here we've got TJ Slayton slanting to the left. I mean, Campbell, I guess, is supposed to go down there and fill that gap, but he gets blocked by the lineman coming up to the second level. I mean, that was rampant. And I look, I, I get everyone. We do it on Watch Party. I do it all the time. The too high shell thing. It drives me insane. And you saw them adjust in the second half. They brought a safety down into the box, which helped a little bit. Didn't completely shut things down, but it helped a little bit. But, man, nothing you do on the back end is going to matter if that's not married up up front in a much more cohesive way. I'm not sure if 
you know, how much of that is the call? How much of that is guys just completely not executing? Because you heard Matt talk about that on Monday, the lack of execution. You can, you know, talk about the front, talk about what the hell they're called, whether the linemen or outside backers or whatever. But, man, if you're doing that down in and down out, I don't give a shit what the hell your personnel groupings are because that's just – you're literally watching guys take themselves out of a play repeatedly. And it doesn't I mean, matter which guy you're talking about. Let's let's talk you're about win. Let, you're not gonna let's win. talk about run, I know, but let's talk about run defense and how we're set up in the last thirty years because I do think this matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We the Packers have never well, not never, but in the last thirty or so years, you can take the nineteen ninety six Packers out of this, right? Mm-hmm. The entire strategy for our offense, and tell me if I'm wrong. But our idea is that we are going to get up by two scores and you are going to have to pass against us, right? And yes. because of that, right? Predominantly, the, that has been the MO, yes. the enf- And so what happens when that's your MO, right? That's a strategy, right? That's not a tactic. That's a strategy, right? And that's like a 30,000-foot view, right? You're like, I got Hall of Fame quarterbacks, so they're going to get me. They're going to win me the coin toss on offense. I'm going to get up on my score. I'm going to be able to score at will, you know, somewhat. And my defense yeah, is yeah. just going to have to pretty much play bend but don't break. And you know what? If they run over me like they did last weekend, it doesn't matter because I'm up on mm-hmm. scores. And so I'm just saying strategically that's who we are. And that's why, right. you know, you can't all of a sudden turn uh, an entire offense you've been building for 20 or 30 years. We're talking Ted Thompson into Brian Gutenkunst. You know, it's like – because I was thinking about this. I was like, why don't – you know, with the exception of, like, Nick Barnett, Clay Matthews, uh, A.J. Hawk, Quay Walker, right? It's always our middle linebacker who's a tackler. And then everybody else mm-hmm. could care less about tackling on the on the Packers, like, <laughs> especially on the defense, right? And I feel like on this team, right. it's like Kenny and Quay, right? And, it, and last year it was Devondre Campbell, but this year Devondre Campbell has zero interest in tackling, right? Zero. Like, it's like, no, no, no. I'm going to push you out of bounds or I'm going to push you over, whatever. But, like, <laughs> you know, there's, some, there's something to be said for when you're so used to having an offense like we've had. There's something to be said for the type of guys you try to develop and get, which is why I think we don't have a lot of good tacklers on our team. And that's why I think we're – I think, yeah, it's gap protection, everything you're talking yeah. about, right? But at right. the end of the right. day, we do not – name name, name five guys on our team that are good at tackling. I can't. You're asking for too much. I Quay know. Walker, I Kenny Clark. Quay Walker's a good tackler. That's – TJ Slayton. Well, not. I mean, they're not really asking TJ to tackle Preston too much as opposed Smith. to like take up take up space and create havoc in the backfield. I'm but. just making shit up here. Like who else? Right? Jair used to be really good at tackling, no. but he don't care no more. Well, now he's not. No, he don't tackle now. He makes business decisions. I mean, I'm with you. I understand what you're saying, and yes. That's the design of it, right? You're you're going to get up and you're going to create turnovers because they're going to have to throw the ball, etc. And it's the old Mike Pettin quote where he said, you know, it's faster to fly to Miami than it is to walk there or whatever the hell it was. He said, meaning, you know, you want to defend the pass. And it's clear that's what Joe Barry prescribes. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to make sure they don't throw the ball. But here's the thing. Like, you still have to execute as a player. You're still being asked to do certain things. You still have to try to do that. You don't just throw your hands up and say, well, we're not, that's not the strategy. We're not designed to do that. Like you're still a professional football player. 
You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah, like, totally. But I'm just saying, saying there correct. is a percentage of like, you know, like it's like um, it's like uh, it's like uh, Dungeons and Dragons or RPG games, right? right. You you have mm-hmm. so many abilities, right? And then you get your certain abilities right. you can you can focus on, right? You can be like, oh hey, right. I'm gonna focus on my fighter, and he's gonna have strength and dexterity, but that means his intelligence yeah. is gonna be low, right? And so he's there's gonna less, be right because right, he's, he's not a mage or whatever. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose a linebacker that has speed over, you know, so like if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers of uh, uh, you're getting guys the tackle right that's just your mo right oh, because yeah. like you probably mm-hmm. don't have a great quarterback even when you had uh idiot roethlisberger you know you don't have the greatest <laughs> quarterback in the world and and like you know you're gonna be battling you're gonna be playing field goal games and it's like i know people are like that's mm-hmm. ages ago but we have the same exact scouting ideas strategies intellect intelligence that we have had for 30 years you can say that right 1993 to now there are a yeah, lot more Similar things. Yes, there's a through line. There's an objective. There's a spine. And and I'm not giving – it's not an excuse. It's just like like we're so used to watching our run defense. If we have to have run defense – you know it's going to be a bad day for the Green Bay Packers. You just know. (laughs) Correct. You know. Correct. Even when Barry Sanders was playing, bro. Like you knew. Like you knew. Oh, shit. Okay, we're going to suck, so we're just going to have to get up on them. Except for that one playoff game where they held him to negative two yards. Hell yeah, baby. I'm going to hang my hat on that. It's a a rarity, though. And I also think we were up most of that game, by the way. That's a very rare moment, no doubt. But, yes, no, you're correct. You're you're absolutely correct as far as, like, the design and the strategy and why – they have struggled and the types of players they bring in. And that's a whole nother conversation. And that kind of leads to our old friend, the disconnected triangle. You know, like we got a lot of athletes and we keep putting them in positions where I guess their athleticism isn't getting guys on the ground. I, I don't know what you expect when you get guys who aren't great tacklers out of college and they get to the pros and it's like, well, there's no time to teach tackling here. I just there isn't. Well, and I so, wonder if Ted. I wonder if Ted, because of his background, was a little better at at getting tacklers, right? Because I feel like he had a better track record on tacklers. He didn't have the greatest one, but it's when it no. came to linebackers, no. he definitely he definitely chose ball players over athleticism. I feel like, and I wonder no, if Brian times, really does times. that. I think later in the draft he did, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to go back and do a deep dive study on it. Definitely, I will say though. Now, look, all everything we just said. I want to give a shout out to those two young corners, Valentine and Ballantyne, the uh, the new law firm in Green Bay, because they really battled. And I, you talk about two guys who are going to get thrown at. And look, they didn't have a great quarterback thrown at them last week, but they had some really talented receivers, you know, especially like hell two weeks ago. And then this past week, I thought Ballantyne in particular, you saw him take his lumps early. He did not get down on himself. He did not go into any kind of funk. He absolutely had the right kind of cornerback mentality where all right, I'm going to go win the next play, right? You saw him have a big pass breakup on third down, things of that nature. I Like, that's what you want. And look, while Jair is out, let's go. Give me more of that. Like, we got to get these guys in the fire, and they're going to be in the fire this week against the Chargers. Um, and I'm all for it. This is the year, right? Like, if there's a year where these guys are going to take their lumps, uh, yeah, I want it to happen in 2023. And I thought they did a really nice job. Again, against some pretty talented dudes. So, uh, just a shout out to them because I thought they did. Uh, they had a nice game. Uh, and then, the, what's well, funny enough, the last point here on the defense, uh, Corey, you kind of already touched on it. 
no no one wants to tackle. Like you got to find willing tacklers. Man, there just doesn't seem to be anybody on this defense who relishes contact, who who like desires contact, who wants to put a hit on somebody. There's a lot of guys who throw shoulders. There's a lot of guys who dive at feet, but I don't see people who like want to light somebody up. And I get there are there are injury concerns. I get there are concerns about the rules and the flags that might come with it, etc. But man, I want somebody who wants to put a hurt on somebody. This is still a violent game played by violent men. And right now, almost every week, you can set your watch by the fact that the opponent is going to be more violent than the Packers. And that's got to change. And I'm not saying it's going to magically happen this year, right? But man, you're going to live in this world where you do throw a few more interceptions. You're not going to be running away from people on the scoreboard. you got to find some tough-ass dudes. Because uh, right now, they don't. They just, that just is not their ID at all. And it's noticeable week after week after week. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick look at this Chargers-Packers game. Corey Banky, the Chargers are coming into Lambeau three-point favorites. You can check it out there on FanDuel Sportsbook or any other sportsbook. Whatever. Three-point favorites into Lambeau Field. Hate it. Although, I love a good home dog. Home yeah. underdog. I'm all about it. Let's go. I mean, let's do it. If you, if you, I mean, it is gold package. So, although it is a nooner, so you know, the nooner. I mean, is what I, really you got to give the other there. team three points just if it's gold package, in my opinion. <laughs> oh boy! Send the letters to Corey, not to me. Uh, the Chargers have tight end Gerald Everett and Keenan Allen. They're all pro wide receiver. Uh, are both supposedly day to day. I'll be surprised if Allen doesn't play. Who knows on Everett? Uh, so the backs are always tricky, but um, Allen suffered a shoulder injury in that game against Detroit and still put up like 170 yards and two touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I, he's going to be a problem. He will be a problem, no doubt about it. And then I just – this is the final note on this game. I didn't realize this. The pure dominance of the Green Bay Packers over the uh, then San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers, Green Bay holds a 10-2 and record against the Chargers, including – Four and one at home. I don't Four remember losing to I them think, at home. I don't. I don't remember the loss at home either. Also, the Chargers um, always kind of sucked, so that doesn't. It's not completely surprising. But you see, my whole perception is colored by the fact that last time we went out there, the Chargers kicked our ass. Like uh-huh. Bosa just ran over us. Like that's kind of where my head was at. So, because I'll never forget it. It was when uh, Z got a sack out at, at the Chargers game, and he did the Gravedigger. And it, which was awesome, and I remember losing my mind, but then I was like, wow, wait till we're at Lambeau. But that was dope. But it was one of the rare highlights from that game because they got their ass kicked. Um, but, yeah, no, Green Bay just owns the Chargers. So let's do it. Let's let's hold that up. Let's keep that going. Um, time for the Deion Sanders quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Doesn't Texas he A&M fired their coach. Week, Friday. Friday night, Friday night, baby. And you know what, Corey? Yeah. Don't ask him about possible openings other places like Texas A&M who just fired their coach because this is what he's going to tell you. Here's his, uh, here's his quote. I want to win. I want to win a game. So you think I really do sit down and think about that kind of stuff? No, no, coach, we don't. He definitely no, does. He wants to win. He he's he's focused. <laughs> he thinks about it. <laughs> What's his record right now? He's won like three games, right? Oh, they started out what three and zero? I think they're they've dropped to four and six. It's not good. Oof. It's not good. 
Man, it's not better than the Packers. I got a big big matchup Friday night, but uh, yeah, not looking good. Not looking good for old Coach Prime and his uh, rookie campaign with Colorado. But uh, a lot of ball game left. I do think it would be funny. I he's so surprising that, and I do agree, he's never going to coach in the NFL. But I also wouldn't right. be surprised if he immediately coaches in the NFL next year, <laughs> just because he's that guy. Right. You know what I mean? He's just going like to one eighty. The Cardinals don't care two seventy. Cardinals one and done their dude, and yep, and higher prime. Like I, I hundred percent would not be surprised. I'm with you. I don't. I, again, I am with you in that I don't think it's going to happen. But I also would not be surprised. Yeah, at no. all. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's do it. Hit it, Trevor. This week in the Packers, what a That's right. It's this week in the Packer blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, we here at Packer Transplants used to end every show with just a classic bit of video where Mike McCarthy told Jason Wildey that he was not in the mood for drama tonight. And one Jason Wildey found himself back in the crosshairs of a coach earlier this week asking about the nickel defense, two down linemen, and who, baby... Coach had uh, had a response, and thanks to Tyler Herrick for cutting this up because uh, it was a bit long and ummy and a lot of uh, pausing, and Tyler has kind of tightened it up. Uh, let's take a look at Coach talking about not saying two down linemen when talking about nickel defense. There were a couple instances where you guys were in nickel with the two down linemen, and they there were a couple of That is baffling to me when people talk nickel defense and they talk about two down linemen, because I don't know what that means. True down linemen, you've got two inside linebackers. So outside linebackers, just so you know how us in this profession view outside linebackers, when you go to nickel defense, they're defensive ends. And we have some of the bigger outside linebackers in this league. So I think it's comical when I hear people talk about, oh, they have two down linemen. I'm like, to me, people are exposing themselves when they say that. Like, there's four defensive linemen on the field. When we play teams, 3-4 defense is not something new, right? That is our base defense. But when you go nickel defense, those outside linebackers become defensive ends. And the way we always judge it is, would you want a running back blocking that guy? Would you want a running back blocking Preston Smith? Would you want a running back blocking... Rashawn Gary. The answer is usually no. So they are defensive linemen. Okay, Captain Scamander. I mean, I will say, here's the thing, and I know you put this on Twitter, but like I Mm -hmm. always thought, and I'm not very smart at football necessarily. I know enough to be dangerous. (laughs) But ever since we made the shift to 3-4, right, which was with Dom Capers, correct? where we Mm -hmm. went from a 4-3, so it's the biggest shift we made in our defense and our history, to be honest with you, because we ran a 4-3 for a very, very long time. We're one of the last teams to continue running running a 4-3. And so my always thinking was that, was like your outside linebackers Mm -hmm. on a 3-4 become defensive linemen, even though they're linebackers in some situations, which is why I always use them as that, except for, in my head, the middle linebacker. The middle linebacker stays a linebacker. So... 
I don't know. I right. I literally always thought this, and I was funny because in the watch party I would get corrected. But one time I was wrong because somebody was asking about defensive linemen and I brought up Quay. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's right. right. It's like if, if Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are considered your outside linebackers, those are defensive linemen for all intensive, you know, uses of the word. Okay, right? I have two thoughts, two thoughts on this, two thoughts on this. I get what you're saying there, and I understand Matt's response to this. And my – whole thing which is there's two two levels here like first he's derailing the conversation on purpose right like because oh, Willie's yeah. talking about their run defense getting run over and through and whatever yeah and matt turns it into uh well actually i mean okay so fine that's like dom draper he peter classic. bukowski did don't like he what, peter bukowski did <laughs> you don't like what they're saying change the conversation which is exactly yep. what he does there which is fine it's his prerogative it's his podium yeah, i get it's it. his press conference um, my 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 thing was like, like how okay so you understand that the people outside the building are lay people like there's nobody here saying that like we're in the building we know what you call things we go by what we see which is literally two guys with their hands in the dirt you can call those guys on the outside defensive linemen but they're standing up so when someone says the words two down linemen that's literal there are literally two men who are down. And that's my thing. It's like, okay, fine. We're not in the building. We don't know your terminology. But to that point also. At the but Jason Wilde is in the building, though. Well, I mean in the building, like in the meeting rooms. You know what I mean. You know what I, I know, mean. Banking. But I'm just saying of all the people, like it's it's not like a TV person, right? It's like the beat writers, right, which right, technically right, Jason right. is not a beat writer anymore, but he's still treated by 1265 as if he is part of the beat, right? Right. Well, he's no, he's not part of the beat, but he's not, he, doesn't do, he doesn't do as much writing anymore. He does much more radio, but he still writes. Not a, he's I consider the content. beat the people that do the minutia. Right, right. Right, so Wes... Ryan, you know, Pete can even be in there, but Pete's more of a columnist. Um, uh, right. But again, Pete's kind of like grandfathered in a little bit. Jason's kind of grandfathered in, right? Bill, um, mm -hmm. uh, Matt Schneidman, right? It's a very, it's a very limited, Rob, mm -hmm. right? It's a very limited group, group of people that actually I would consider yep. on the beat. Like there's the secondary beat, right? right? Which is like everybody else that gets in the media room. But like, you know, Jason's mm -hmm. kind of grandfathered into the beat. So I can see, I mean, look. Matt LaFleur does not want to talk about his defense getting run over, and he don't give a shit. He doesn't want to talk about it. Correct. And I would be, dude, that is right. I would have the, if I was, see, you know what? I would only want to be coach, but I'll, I wouldn't actually coach. I would just do press conferences. Like, my <laughs> job, my job would right. just answer, you know how, like, you know how angry Obama, the angry Obama sketch? Like, he yep, and Peel? The translator. I would want to mm -hmm. be the Matt LaFleur. I'm Matt LaFleur's press conference guy right i'm his there body man yep. i'm his body man yep. and I, dude it would be so much fun to just go up i would be so nervous <laughs> but it would be so much fun to go up to the podium and like basically have the beat writers like ask questions but like to me but they were asking them to matt but then i would translate for matt that would be fun actually we should do a sketch about that that would be fun there you go where, uh, Wait, we, we can have tom a new... be tom grassy be matt lafleur and then i'll be matt lafleur's <laughs> right. translator you're the translator yeah, and then it's you'll perfect. be all the voices of the beat, or I'll be the voices yep. of the beat because then it'll be really annoying, and then that way people can tell me how bad my impersonations are because it's always fun. Not even, not even close. Not even close. No, it's good. I understand it. I get what I get. What you're saying. Uh, I just thought it was funny. 
I mean, it's mostly just a diversionary tactic by being pedantic, which, hey, like I said, it's his podium. It's what you want to do. I get it. Um, one other thing we did want to point out this week on the Packer blogosphere, the Make-A-Wish Wisconsin put this up over on Facebook. You absolutely love to see this. Raising $2,000 more for Make-A-Wish Wisconsin at the Packers game from two field goals. And their friend Richard Kessler donating $1,000 for every field goal uh, for kids like Jax to get their wishes come true. Meeting Jordan Love. This is awesome. And I also wanted to highlight, I, I shared this on my Facebook page. And one of my followers had this to say. I absolutely love this from Jesse Huber. The real purpose of football to me is actually this. It's an asset to our communities and a very powerful one at that. We want the Packers to win, duh. But at the end of the day, whether we win the Super Bowl or don't win a game, it still boils down to this. That is outstanding. And I completely agree. Like, And I get there are going to be lots and lots of cynics. Corey, perhaps you're one of them, who say, oh, they're a billion-dollar business. They're doing this for marketing. And there is definitely truth to that. But I will say the community is what makes the team go. And the, it, the touchstone of community is what I find the most important. So I just love to see that. I love. I agree with this. I think that I uh, having having experienced twelve sixty five up close now for the last two years or so, kind of <laughs> literally on, on COVID. Um, I would mm-hmm. say that ninety five percent of the people that work at twelve sixty five believe that the community really owns the team as they do. And their job as a brand is to be for the community. Um, So that's a really high percentage. I wish that percentage was higher. And I know that a lot of people in that building wish that that percentage was 100%. Um, So, yeah, I'm not a cynic. But, you know, if Carlson doesn't miss, that's another $1,000, by the way. This is from two weeks ago, sir. Uh, But anyway, uh, let's take a look at the – we got some YouTube chats, some people on the old tubs that want to chat, want stuff to – they got to say, get off their chest when it comes to the green and gold. Yeah, I got some of those. Dusty Lawson, thanks for Super Chat. Going to be celebrating my birthday today by cracking a carry the G after work. Go, Pack, go. Let's go, Dusty. Happy birthday. Dusty, you're celebrating your birthday better than I celebrated mine, so kudos to you, buddy. The well-Hungarian guys, in your opinion, what is the absolute weakest position group on this current Packers team? Hmm. Interesting. Weakest position group. It's all, always so interesting. People go negative with these questions. Um, weakest position. <sighs> I know what mine is. I want to say tight end simply because I was going to say tight like, end. Like, I was going to say tight end. They suck. They suck so bad. Like, <laughs> like we're like Musgrave. You're coming up, bro. You can't even walk, bro. You can't even walk right. Like you can't even <laughs> fucking run a route. You catch the ball and you fall down. Somebody runs in a fucking motion and they can't fucking block anybody. It's like we have the worst tight end group in the world, dude. Worst. I guess they can only go up from here. But yeah, definitely tight ends. Well stated, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking Musgrave can't even do a Lambo leap. You get a touchdown and you can't do a Lambo leap, bro. Like you can't even walk. Like you can't walk I without love that falling down. How many times is Musgrave fucking part of the analysis? I know, I know. I just love that. How that's many part times? Of the Every time. The what? That he didn't do a Lambo leap. Doesn't do a Lambo leap. Enters yeah. into the analysis of how well he 
play. You get one touchdown and you can't even do a Lambo leap, bro. Come on. It's really the blocking, though. Like the Bruh. blocking is just atrocious. Bruh. It's yeah. atrocious. It's, it's, it's gotten a little better, but it's still pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Man, Deguara. Somebody cut Deguara. Why oh. is he on our team? Yeah. Why is Why is Josiah Deguara on this fucking Packers team? Why? He sucks. Because Tyler Davis. Because Tyler Davis got hurt in the summer. If Tyler Davis doesn't get hurt in training camp, I'll bet they move on from Deguara. But he sucks he did, so bad. He sucks so bad. He sucks so bad. I'm sorry. He's, he's, I'm sorry. I don't good. mean to talk shit good. about people. I'm sorry, Josiah Deguara. I like you as a person, but <laughs> you got to go. He's not good. He's not good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike had my very first ever carry the G and from in Wisconsin Rapids. Wow. Let's go. People carrying the G. Let's do it, people. Loving it. You guys are okay, but you're not Jim and Max. Are you? That's hilarious. Who is? Who would be Jim and Max? Like Jim and Max? That's like, that's like, comparing like the heavens to like a a alleyway here in New York City. Like you know, we're not (laughs) Jim and Max. We never will be Jim and Max. No one will ever be Jim and Max. Of course, we're not Jim and Max. Jim and Max is like the pinnacle. It's the best. It will never get that good ever again. Musgrave is better than Deguara, but that's saying a lot. And I do think Musgrave is going to get better, so I don't think Musgrave sucks. He just, you know, he just – our tight ends. You ask the weakest position, that's who it. Peter Oliver Parkour. Yeah. Hello from Bordeaux, France. France. Well, hello, Peter What's Oliver up, France? Parkour. Bordeaux. Bordeaux. What do you mean What's fake up, Bordeaux? Outrage? Okay, I, don't, I can't read the chats. I can't do this anymore. Well, stop Ooh, reading I like, the chat. I like Just the, do I like the, the icons. Chats. He's got a football and a cheese icon. I like that. And a cheese, a cheese wedge. I like, I like it. it. I like it. They know I cheese like in it. France. I you like know. it. Uncultured barbarian. I wonder how fans of today complaining about love would have handled Randy Wright, Blair oh, Keel, Anthony Dilweg, and Mike Tomzak. Hell, my first QB was probably Carlos Brown. Yeah, I'm old. Oh, what about Uncultured? I'll tell you how. What about David fucking would, Whitehurst? David Whitehurst. David Whitehurst. He's the greatest quarterback. Corey, you didn't century. respond. I tagged you in that post where they had the somebody had put up um, video from a game in yeah, 1978 with David Whitehurst. No, no, no. David Whitehurst was literally tackled or sacked more times than he completed passes. Ten <laughs> sacks to seven <laughs> completions. Poor guy. Wasn't Forrest Gregg his David coach? Weiters. I'm trying to remember. I can't. Was Star Forrest Gregg his coach? I think Forrest Gregg was his it coach. Because I mean, what I what is the Forrest if Forrest Gregg was his coach? What is the no no? It would have been Star. Him. It would have no. Oh. I think it would have been Star. It would have been Star. Seems ironic. I'm sure Forrest Gregg was going to weigh in if he's still on. Soder's probably bored with us. So, um, but yeah, sure. if it was Forrest Gregg, what is the irony of that? That's very ironic. No, it was Star. It was Star. It was star. Star lines up in the field, and he's got an That's 13. Well, uh, JP, three and six record plus gold package plus chargers don't really have a fan base. Tickets should be pretty cheap for anyone wanting to go to Lambeau this Sunday. Yes. Little secret yes. for all you Packer fans, okay? Okay. Seriously, I had friends who came, they came to see the game. This happened twice. This happened twice while we've had stuff this year. It's kind of a great year to go see the Packers, to be honest with you. Wait until game day. Uh, go on Ticketmaster or you know on Packers.com app and go on the thing, uh, the thingamabob. Wait until like the the flyover 
And you can literally get tickets for like $30. It's crazy. It's crazy town. It's crazy town out there. Bart Starr was the coach. That's what that's what he thought, Nagler. Yeah. Uncultured, thanks for the super chat. Today on a bonus Brandy and the Barbarian, they discuss whether Joe Barry should be fired out of a catapult or a trebuchet into Lake Michigan. <laughs> I vote trebuchet. Trebuchets are a lot trebuchets are a lot more a lot cooler than um catapults in my opinion. So yeah, I would agree. Although the catapult uh, has a high end uh like Looney Tunes vibe, so I'll go with that. Sean Gallagher's got doubled super chats back to back, and I believe this is a pound oh, wow. sign. So thank you from uh, London or New- or England. Sorry, I know everybody from England isn't from London, but zero aggression or swagger in the D for years. Mike Daniel tried to introduce it but failed. No aggression, poor technique, poor discipline. Yeah, it's a broken fucking record. And then yeah. Sean Gallagher again Very came true. from Scotland. Oh, Scotland snaps pro came from Scotland to see the Packers get battered from the Chargers in L.A. It was still glorious to see those Eesh. green and gold jerseys in the flesh again. Good times. Yes, sir. Good times. Yes, sir. Yeah, no, Ticket King. Yeah, no, Ticket King. I hear you. But the problem is Ticket King is great, but you have to order ahead of time on Ticket King. I think it's harder to get the same day with the with the things, right, Nagler? Like- I don't know. I need second. to order on yes, Ticket King. Correct. Can you get last seconds on Ticket? I know you can, but I think you have to go to Ticket you can. King to pick them up typically, right? Or no, do they well, transfer you can do, them? You can do it on your phone. You can transfer it. It's secondary yeah, market, okay. though. The way Corey's talking about it is direct, which is faster. Yeah, well, only because the directs, people get desperate, so they want to like get rid of them. But yes, our friends at Ticket King have amazing yeah. deals. Not hating on that. It's just crazy how with everybody... Uh, with everybody, with the Packers sucking so bad, the little tricks, tricks of the trade, uncultured <laughs> barbarian. Right. Back in the '80s in high school, our coach got our defensive ends named to all the all-conference team as linebackers. We ran a five-two. He lied and told them it was a three-four. Same old coach speak bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Of all five-two, I mean, eight, ultimately eight-seven and one in really nineteen seventy-eight with David Whitehurst. Wow. With David Whitehurst. Uh, yeah, I remember watching. William James. God help me. So when Preston Smith on the slot receiver, is he an end or slot corner? Slot corner. For sure. Corner. I... <laughs> for sure. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, I desperately Daddy. wanted to text that to Matt, but I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> MLF exposed himself. Down linemen have their hand on the ground by definition. That's the definition. Not would you want a running back blocking him? Maybe. I mean, you know. Um. He's just talking about terminology. It's it, rules like, were meant to be broken, people. Rules are meant to be broken. Okay. Thomas Davison, thanks for the super chat. Can we put Barry on a raft? Give him a quick trip gift card, a kiss on the cheek, and send <laughs> him down the Fox River. Put flower wreath around him. Good luck on your soft shell journey. Q Warhorn. Bye. <laughs> Q Warhorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always. I thought does that were, mean he's going to get picked gonna... up by the Vikings? Like, what's happening? Well, I thought I they were going to do like the arrow thing, where it's like, like let him go, and then you do the the, the right. fire yeah. arrows. Shoot, shoot the flaming arrow, and it hits yeah. the barge, and he goes up in Burn flames, and a do. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I'm down with that. Bye bye. Uh, okay. To be clear, we're not. We are not advocating physical harm to Joe Barry. For no, all no. You I thought that's what the super chat was going to be. I thought that's the internet. what the super chat. I know. Was be, I did too, clear. and I advocate for it in an imaginary way. I'm not saying really do that. That's all I'm no. trying to clarify. Uh, late to the chat was at the game in Pittsburgh and loved a lot of what I saw from Love. That Dylan Heidsep was epic as well. Charm City Cheesehead, thanks for that. Uh, not a super chat, but I thought that was Thank a, you, interesting. Chat Jeff Smith, 
Definite growth this week. Very competitive against a solid, well-coached team on the road. DeGuara with big, just needed one more TD instead of a field goal. Jeff Smith with the positivity. That is not something I thought was going to happen today. I'm going to be honest with you. When I woke up, and I when I woke up today, I did not think that Jeff Smith was Jeff going to be Smith positive. Being positive was on your bingo card. It wasn't. It was nope. not there. Like no. Although I, I if will you say, woke, Jeff was on happy violence. hour last night, and he was very positive. Yeah. He was very oh, really? positive last night. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, you, you guys. You sorry, there. sorry, I missed happy hour. I uh, I was actually a judge for Game on Green Bay, the first ever Game on Green Bay. It was pretty cool. It was at uh, uh, Northeastern Technical College, um, Northeast Wisconsin Technical College, NWTC, all over on Mason Street. It was really cool. Uh, it was all these kids who – it was like four teams of kids, and they got a game theme on Saturday, and in three days they had to make a game – like a full-on video game uh, around the theme Momentum. And then there were two indie showcases, and I was basically there all day. It was really cool, really cool to see in Green Bay. It's the first time that they've ever done it. and It's part of Startup Week Wisconsin. And also, um, for those of you that are in Green Bay, tomorrow night, there's a bunch of Startup Week stuff this week, but tomorrow night uh, there is a huge – we're doing a pitch – we're producing a pitch event – uh, the Audible Pitch event It's going to be at the Cannery downtown. It's open to everyone, um, and it's a bunch of startups uh, basically pitching their stuff. I'm not a judge there, but we're going to be streaming it, so really cool stuff. But, yeah, sorry I missed happy hour. Johnny Rivers, thanks for the super chat. Do you think people are upset with love because they're spoiled, or is it misplaced anchor that Goody blew up a good team to trade up for him? He didn't blow up a team. He made a trade because he saw value. Um, the idea that – whatever that fourth rounder would have been, or if he had picked someone other than Jordan Love, they would have gone to the Super Bowl is just completely misplaced. And I understand that you probably, there's a section of the fan base that thinks, oh, if they would have done that, they would have had a better chance to get into the Super Bowl because they're still building with Rodgers as opposed to looking to the future. We'll never know. I completely I mean disagree with that sentiment. I think we all know it is bad luck that the all-pro left tackle hurt himself in a practice on New Year's Eve day, and that has affected everything since. You know, it's like I, I understand the, thing, the desire though, to blame Gutekunst. Hypothetically. Yeah. Was yeah. there – and this is funny because you brought the left tackle. Was there a left tackle available in the in the draft? The year we drafted Jordan. <laughs> I don't because I'd have there is an look. alternate universe that exists where we took a offensive lineman in the first round, and mm -hmm. maybe we maybe maybe we do win a Super Bowl. Traditionally, the first round tackles go earlier than that, but you never know. I'd have to go back and look. But no, I mean, I think yes, there's misplaced anger at a lot of people. I mean, not just hell. There were there are people who would say there is misplaced anger from us, Corey and myself at Aaron Rodgers. You know that uh, we can all sit here and look at people and say, "Oh, you're angry about the wrong thing." People, anger is an emotion, right? And that is a very personal thing. And I understand. People can say I had misplaced at anger at Josiah DeGuara. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but I think you know, they are. But you can't help but be spoiled having watched Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for 30 years. You have gotten used to a certain standard, I think, as a Packers fan, where this season has probably been a jolt to the system. I don't think that's telling tales out of school. I think that's 
pretty fair, you know? Um, so, yeah, no, I get people being angry at Goot. That's human. I got, I got no problem with it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. That's all. I mean, it might. my only hope is that his decision put us in a place where we're only going to have two shitty seasons as opposed to six. Or as opposed to 20. I mean, that's the other thing. Right, I mean, but but let's start with do, six. Would you rather be the Saints? I know, I know, I hear you. But would you rather be the Saints? Would you rather be the Dolphins? You know, there's these teams, or the Broncos, you know, these teams that have been searching in the wilderness forever trying to find another quarterback. You know, the Broncos obviously went and got, did hell and high water for Peyton Manning, rode a defense to a championship with a guy who could barely throw. Um, but, you know, the Saints have you know, pretty much mortgaged everything trying to get back with Drew Brees. And that's what Packers fans wanted. You know, and the Packers said, no, we're going to look to the future. You can argue for both approaches, but I much prefer what the Packers have done. That's just me. Jeff Smith, Corey, laughing my ass off. Sorry to surprise you. Well, yeah, because you usually you're usually you're choosing violence in this in the happy hour, so that's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm surprised. Jocelyn, thanks, super chat. Isaiah Wilson was the first offensive tackle taken after Love. So had we had Isaiah Wilson, yeah, would we have won a Super Bowl? I'm not so sure. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, there you go. Is that it? That's all I got. Are we through? Are we done? Is that everything? We did it. We did it. I love it. I uh, want to give a shout out to all our Patreon members, the lifeblood of Cheesehead TV. Cannot thank you enough. Really appreciate all the support. Like we said, uh, happy hour was last night. It's a lot of fun. If you want to join us, head to patreon.com slash cheesehead TV. I want to give a special shout out to John Vandenboom, who became the latest, greatest associate producer here Ooh. on Packer Transplants. Uh, really appreciate the support, John. Thank you so much for signing up and joining us and um, really getting behind what we do here at Cheesehead TV. Also, great big-time shout-out to the Carry the G Club members here on YouTube. You guys are uh, amazing, and you continue to grow. We really appreciate you coming here every Sunday, Monday night, Thursday night, whenever the Packers are playing and kind of hanging out with us during watch parties. Big, big part of the brand, everything we're doing. Thank you so much. Uh, you got anything else, Corey, before we head out into the evening? Nope, I do not. That'll do it for this episode of Packer Transplants. We'd like to thank each and every one of you who makes Cheesehead TV part of your daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I think it's a fluid situation. And we're, we're I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time and, uh, and just, it's going to be fluid though. That's all I can tell you.